Again, let's pause in prayer as we seek God's help in studying his word. Let's pray together. Father, we need the fruit of the Spirit to grow in our lives. We need you to come upon us, to so overwhelm us, so that these things that are not natural might be supernaturally formed within. Only you can give the growth. So we commit our time together into your hands, praying through Christ our Lord. Amen. Your car is making a disturbing, grinding noise as you drive and you really must take it to the mechanic soon. The washing machine has a leak and you have to call a repairman. Your child is being bullied at school and she's lost interest in her education. Your finances are stretched and you're not sure that you can make all your commitments for this month. A work colleague is making your life miserable through not pulling his weight each day. There have been rumours of redundancies or even the business going to the wall. You're robbed of sleep as senseless worries swarm around your mind in the middle of the night. It's supposed to be summer and yet it seems to rain every day. These and many other similar experiences are the disturbers of our peace. According to the world, peace is experienced when all things are good. But you know that it's impossible to keep control over all things in every moment. And if this is the basis for peace, then if it's only to be experienced when all things are good, we will never know peace. However, for those whose hope rests in Jesus, for those in whose hearts God is at work by his spirit, peace is experienced not when all things are good, but rather when we have the unshakable confidence that all things are working together for good in the hand of God. The God who shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 8, 28, that's such a beautiful verse. Where Paul writes, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. This verse reminds us of the great truth. The great hope of the Christian is that our Father is able to give us peace, even when everything in our lives may be falling to pieces. This morning, as we continue in our mini-series on the fruit of the Spirit, found in Galatians 5, to 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. We have to be reminded that this list is not a, a, a checklist for self-improvement. No, it's a portrait of Jesus, a portrait that becomes reflected in the image of transformed lives of those who spend time in his presence. And the evidence of the indwelling of the Spirit of God in our lives is shown when we know true peace. On Wednesday past, the BBC reported that local councils have recorded a 40% increase in reported scams since the start of a lockdown. While Citizens Advice reckons that one in, one in three people have been targeted by a COVID scammer. We live in a world that is awash 
with scams. Someone seems to be misrepresenting me by email. So if you get an email from Pastor Robin or from the Reverend Robin Brown, you'll know it's not me because I would never use those titles, but a few folk have. We live in a world awash with scams, but this is nothing new. And in the troubled days of the ministry of the prophet Jeremiah, God spoke through his servant, unmasking the false peace proffered by the false prophets. In Jeremiah 6, 14, we read, They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. As we think about peace this morning, we need to unmask the false peace and then present the true peace, the source of which can only be found in a living and lasting relationship with the central character of the Bible, which is a book all about finding peace. And its focus is entirely upon the one who is called among many beautiful names, the Prince of Peace. This is a troubled world. Thomas Jefferson is quoted as having said, peace is that brief, glorious moment in history when everyone stands around reloading. As I suggested at the beginning of the sermon, the disturbers of your personal peace are not likely to be global conflicts or global pandemics. They're more likely to be those little stones in your shoes that make the journey through life uncomfortable. Those that steal away your experience of peace. And if I can generalize, pursuing false peace, the response of a lost world to trouble, is to do one of two things. Benumb their hearts or bury their heads. Benumb their hearts. Obviously, you might immediately think of those who turn to a bottle to drown their sorrows. And that's a common practice. But people are incredibly inventive when it comes to finding ways to anaesthetize themselves against their experience of troubles in this world. For example, in our world of mass media, people can entertain themselves into oblivion. People binge on box sets. In his challenging book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, Neil Postman has written these words. There is nothing wrong with entertainment. As some psychiatrist once put it, we all build castles in the air. The problems come when we try to live in them. It is bewildering to me. That people can watch the trials and troubles of other families in meltdown, in soap operas or reality TV. All this to distract them from the realities of the meltdown in their own personal circumstances. Another common practice to desensitize the heart is to engage in a race away from God. To get busy, to fill every waking moment with some activity. Because when you are busy, you have no time to reflect. You're not forced to consider the reality of what is going on in your life and in this world. Lockdown has impacted many lives spiritually. Because with the restrictions, 
People have no longer been able to engage in the myriad of activities that they've constructed to be their escape from considering the truth of eternity. People benumb their hearts. And the other coping strategy is to bury their heads through passive indifference. They, they don't want to know what's happening. They, they use the brass monkey tactic, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. A few years ago, the tragic story was recorded of a man who drove past a fatally injured woman at the side of the road, only to discover later that she was his mother. The man had been on his way to meet his mother and he'd passed this bloodied elderly woman lying in the road. After arriving at his mother's house and realising that she was out, he rushed back to the scene there to discover the terrible truth. And this is a, one of, of many horrific tales of people who have ignored the plight of others because they didn't want to get involved. But the common phrase bandied about in our day is, it's not my problem. Allied to indifference is the idea of fatalism. What difference can I make? I can't change this messed up world. And many people, because the current seems to be so strong against them, refuse to try and swim. They find their peace by allowing themselves simply to drift. So for many people, false peace is pursued by benumbing hearts or burying heads. But the troubles of life are still there and they have a way of getting your attention. So where do we find true peace. In Isaiah 57 verses 19 to 21 we read, Peace, peace to the far and to the near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the tossing sea, for it cannot be quiet, and its waters toss up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. We need to understand that the greatest disturber of our peace is sin. Sin that causes us to hide from God and ultimately destroys our relationships with those around us. We see it in the account of the fall, Genesis 3. Adam and Eve, having become sinners, hide in the bushes from God and hide behind fig leaves from each other. And the source of true peace must be found in the place where that ever prevalent sin is fully and finally dealt with. As Paul wrote and Anna Louise read for us, this is our great hope. Romans 5, 1 and 2, Paul writes, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Again, Paul writes of Jesus to the Colossians, Colossians 1, 19 to 20, saying, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth, or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. The solution 
to our need for peace is alone to be found in a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. If sin holds sway in your heart, you cannot indeed for your eternal well-being, you must not experience peace. No peace for the wicked, said Isaiah. But it is his death upon the cross of Calvary, his resurrection, that makes available the objective reality of peace with God. And this becomes the eternal possession of God's child through the faith that justifies and saves. Peace with God leads to us possessing the peace of God. And the Holy Spirit takes this objective reality and applies it to our hearts in the subjective experience of peace. And the two points of application are, are, are very straightforward. Two questions to ask. Do I possess peace? Do I pursue peace? Do I possess peace? Has peace, a supernatural and spiritually sustained peace, become embedded in my heart and my soul by the presence of the Spirit of God within? In the last hours, when he was preparing for his departure, Jesus spoke to his disciples and said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus gifts peace to us. But there seems to be some level of responsibility for us to maintain that peace through our constant abiding in and depending upon him. In the year 1555, Nicholas Ridley was burned at the stake because of his faithful witness for Christ. And on the night before his execution, his brother offered to remain with him in prison to be an assistance and comfort to him. But Nicholas declined the offer and replied that he meant to go to bed and to sleep as quietly as ever he did in his life. Nicholas Ridley knew the peace of God so he could rest in the strength and the security of the everlasting arms of his Lord. Do you possess such a peace? And do you pursue such a peace? Psalm said, Psalm 34 verse 14, seek peace and pursue it. Again, back to Romans 5 verses 10 to 11. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now been, are now received reconciliation. Being reconciled, we must be reconcilers. We must be peacemakers, peace pursuers. There's a very challenging little article on the website entitled churchleaders.com. And the, and the article's called The Church's Dirty Little Secret. And the secret is this. Church is the only place on earth where people can throw hissy fits 
and get away with it. Let me read a, a little section where a pastor shares some illustrations. A church member was attending his class and she said she could not find her workbook. The pastor told her he had borrowed it for another class and she was welcome to use his. She said, okay, I'll go home then. And she stopped out. The minister said, would she have done that at work? At the doctor's office? I think not. But she had no problem with putting her immaturity on full display at church. On another day, a man stormed out of a leadership meeting because his idea for a fundraiser had been rejected. My friend said, would he have done that in a college class, at work, at home, at the store even? He would not have. And this guy was a church leader. Perhaps you could tell your own stories. And I'm sure stories could be told of me being a disturber of the peace among God's people. But here is our challenge. If we are possessors of peace, we must be pursuers and promoters of peace. Paul writes to the Ephesians in Ephesians 4 verses 1 to 3, saying, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. If we are God's children, we are to be reconcilers, peacemakers, showing the heart of Jesus to a lost world. The Brown family went for the holiday of a lifetime to Florida, arriving in Orlando on the 12th of August, 2004. Hurricane Charlie arrived on the 13th of August, bringing death and destruction. And during that storm, 25-year-old Danny Williams sought protection under the branches of an old banyan tree. Friends and family said that the protective branches of that spreading tree had been a favourite peaceful place for him. But his place of safety became a death trap as the tree fell on Williams and killed him. In this distressing and disturbing world, there is only one tree under which we can find true peace. That's the cross of Calvary where the blood of Jesus was shed to be the means through which you can find shelter from the greatest storm where you can be saved from the wrath of God. May it be that you know this peace, the peace that comes from knowing your sins forgiven, being reconciled to God, being spared from his wrath because you shelter in Christ. He is your saviour. He is your source of peace and his spirit indwells within you, producing the fruit of love, joy and peace. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that the true source of peace is found in Jesus. Because of him, we can know our sins forgiven. We can be reconciled to God because of the cross of Calvary. May we find shelter there. May that be our place of safety and security. May we rest in your finished work at Calvary and to know that nothing can disturb the perfection of that relationship we have with you through him. 
Lord, may we know peace. May we possess this peace and may we promote and pursue it in every day through the strength that you supply. Make our fellowship a place where peace reigns, where love, compassion and concern is ever present. And may honour and glory belong to Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, alone we pray. Amen.